Welcome to the Pop Confidential Podcast. The fall TV season is among us. We're going to be talking about what's hot and what's not so hot this season. So keep it popping. Welcome back, gang. It's fall TV season. We have with us Luke Kerr. Hello. Jillian Bow. Hey. Sarah Babel. Howdy. And Melody Akles. Hey, hey. Let's get it going. So the fall TV season is, um, is upon us. But before we talk about that, the Emmys were held recently. Going around the room, what was... The moment of the Emmys for you, the one thing that you loved about it, and what was the big shocker? Luke, what was your biggest moment and your biggest shocker? Well, the biggest two moments were Game of Thrones winning a two-peat and Tatiana Maslany winning for Best Actress, because how often do sci-fi actresses win? Uh, we discussed it last week on last week's Geek Confidential. Absolutely loved it. Um, shocker? I was sort of surprised the actor for Mr. Robot won. I understand that he's appreciated. I just didn't think that he actually had a chance. Okay, Sarah, what are your thoughts on... Give us your thoughts on the Emmys quickly. Um, Your big highlight and then your big shocker. I mean, big highlight for me, actually, Rami Malek winning was a highlight. Um, I really was impressed by his performance, and I was impressed that, like, someone could break through because it's real hard. You know, he's a relative newcomer to TV. He was up against all these established people who've won a bunch of time, you know, who between them won plenty of Emmys. And, um, you know, he's young, he's in his early 30s, he looks even younger. And um, so for me, that was a highlight. And they changed the way the Academy voted this year because it used to be like a proportional ranking system, like you give your favorite show or actor or whatever category you're voting for number one and your least favorite you know number eight and you know rank it on down and now you just voted for which one was your favorite like you were voting you know for president or senator or whatever an election and i think it did give people like tatiana and rami that maybe weren't as well known but had like people felt passionate for them a chance to break through because you couldn't win by being a bunch of people's second choice So that was cool. And to me, a big shocker was how politically charged the um, event was. People were really going in um, on all sorts of things during their speeches. When um, Master of None won for Best Writing, and I believe the writer Alan Yang, who co-writes with Aziz Ansari, started talking about all of the, how there were the same amount of Italian-Americans and Asian-Americans in America and rattled off all these great Italian-American characters and then was like, and Asians, all we had was, you know, Long Dug Dong. I was like, well, damn. I mean, true, but, like, he just put it out there like that, and that just set the tone for the whole evening, and that really surprised me that people were willing to be so... I guess, overt in their political beliefs about stuff. I don't know if it's because it's an election year or if because it was the Emmy sort of tooting their own horn and saying like, well, hey, we're just naturally more diverse than the Oscars. Good for them. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I always see that pop up whenever um, 
you know, black actors speak out. I, I see, you know, a lot of the Asian actors that I follow will speak out. Well, what about the Asians? It's not just a black thing. And they're totally right. And I can never remember who said this, but it's a quote that I always use about this because whenever someone or another disenfranchised group says, well, what about us? You have to fight your own fight. I'm not saying that, you know, but it's going to come better from you. Viola has to fight for black actresses in Hollywood. It's like, it's not all, you know, so I'm glad that the Asian actor and the Latin, because you have to be your own, you know, your own people have to fight. I mean, yeah, we can all fight for each other, for equality, but that always kind of irks me when there's a, you know, a discussion uh, because it always pops up and you'll see, you know, Asian actors I admire. What about us? And it's like, well, what are you doing? You know, I mean, Viola brought it up when she was. So Ming-Na or who, because I know Ming-Na was one of them that like got a little pissy at one point. And, you know, I've seen it like Christopher Sean, who does Hawaii uh, Favo and Days of Our Lives had said something like that. And it's like, well, when you win your awards, you use the platform to do that too, like Viola did. But what were you saying, not, Jillian? Yeah, and not only that, like some races aren't in the trenches with us. You know what I'm saying? They only chime aboard when we make a big stink and they want to put their little two cents and be like, oh, what about us? So it's like, you got to fight your own battles or be down with the cause from the giddy up. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I have this year, has, this is 2016 will be the year that I learned that all liberals don't have each other's backs. I mean, I used to have this kumbaya belief. Yeah, well, if you're a liberal white woman, then you definitely have to be down for the brown because you're liberal. And certain actors proved to me this year <laughs> that that ain't always the case um, in, in a lot of different ways. But Mel, what did you think of the Emmys? Politics, awards and all. I kind of go on the same lines of y'all. I did notice a lot of the um, Asian actors, you know, kind of saying what about us? And I'm totally down with that. You know, I feel like they're kind of we're all in the same boat together. But, you know, if you want the justice and if you want to be out there, you got to fight your own fight. You know what I mean? So I I agree with that a lot. Um, my biggest shocker of the night had to go to the Best Actor and Actress Drama categories. Year after year, the Best Actress Drama category is the toughest category of the year. Almost always. And I never thought Tatiana would win because... It's a sci-fi show. It's on BBC America. It was just like, oh, she's got and she's got a lot of things working against her, but she was always And she lost last year. Yeah, and she was always, you know, if we're going to talk about bodies of work for shows, it has to be her because she plays 50,000 different characters. And half the time I forget it's just her playing all of these characters. Yep, you she's know? that good. She's she's amazing. So to see her finally win, I love that a lot. And Rami Malek, Malek to see him win as well. Wow. Just wow. I never thought he would get it. You know, he's a newbie. The show is brand new. It's got a lot of buzz behind it. He's very good, but he's he was against all these heavy hitters, so I didn't think he would get it either. So it was kind of nice to see what people say is the biggest, you know, acting category of the night go to two people who we've never seen it go to before, you know, and it hasn't happened in a while. So I really like that a lot. And probably my favorite moment of the night is Sarah Paulson winning, winning finally, finally winning. I love to see her win, so I was all about it. Well, you know, you guys know I love Game of Thrones, and I'm I knew it would win, and I'm so happy 
that it won. But I, I found myself having a lot of moments where I was torn because I also love Downton Abbey. And I look at, you know, it's funny because like as Lucas mentioned, genre shows have had a long and hard fight in terms of getting Emmy recognition. But soap operas have had an even longer, harder fight. I mean, if you think back, primetime soap operas rarely get... The last one was what, Desperate Housewives? And it had to be a smart, quote-unquote, hybrid soap opera comedy, you know, and it always... They've always put it in the comedy category. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, shows like Empire and Downton Abbey, who have creators who... You know, I mean, Julian Fellows in his exit interview with Deadline referenced Dynasty, you know, when they asked him why he decided to wrap the show, you know, in just a few seasons and 59 episodes. He was like, well, when you do a soap opera, you get to a point where you might have to, you know, beam Fallon up. I loved I I geeked out when he mentioned Dynasty. And, you know, a writer worries that they'll get to the point where they have to beam Fallon up on a face, a spaceship. And he said, that's what I'm essentially writing is a soap opera. And I wonder it's like, I mean, of course, this show has been the cast has been recognized you know, a lot. I mean, Maggie Smith wins every year. They did a joke about that, how she never shows up. Um, but I, I kind of wonder in, you know, in the coming years, how a Downton Abbey or any show that is not, you know, high concept and edgy is ever going to, you know, like with Tatiana, I don't watch that show and I'm, I'm totally sure she's deserving, but is that going to become the benchmark that you play five or six clones. I mean, and does well, that but, mean, but uh, look at last year's right. winner with, and, and she, with yeah. uh, Viola, and Viola Davis yeah. and how to, and totally. I mean, that was a soap. Yeah. Well, they don't market that as a soap though. We, we, well, Shonda doesn't market. No, but, herself. and oh. with that show, no, no, I, I have to give Shonda a little leeway here with that. And then, you know, that's not, you know, Shonda's just the, you know, she signs the check on that one. I mean, Peter, that's Peter Nowak's show, but it's very soapy. But it's a it's definitely a hybrid. Grey's Anatomy is a straight up soap opera. Scandal is mostly a soap opera with a procedural element. But How to Get Away with Murder, I would say, is pretty sixty forty serialized. And then I don't know. I mean, it, it's not a traditional soap because it's all about the mystery and the murder. And I mean, yeah, the relation. It, to me, when I watch it, the sex and the relationships and relationship drama is secondary whereas with Grey's it's relationship first and medicine I mean you guys might disagree but I I think that how to go with murder is not a straight up not landing air but I digress but I do you know I kind of wonder like I mean and with Game of Thrones who could ever beat Battle of the Bastards I'm like can any and, and I'm saying this as a huge fan but I'm like if I created some little wonderful character-driven show and, <laughs> you know, who's ever going to be able to beat an epic medieval-style battle? Well, there was a lot of talk about the Americans possibly upsetting Game of Thrones this year. I mean, they didn't, but there was a lot, I mean, a lot of the analysis that I was reading beforehand indicated that that might be a possibility. It didn't happen, but there is at least talk about it. Well, like Mel, I was too happy about Sarah Paulson and all of the wins, actually, from the People versus O.J. Simpson. I tell you, Ryan Murphy has found his niche. He needs to let Scream Queens go and just do Mm -hmm. rip-from-the-headlines made-for-TV movies because 
then he doesn't get kooky because he has to stay on point. He put and his... And there are other people in there to mm-hmm. smack his little greedy yeah. ass. You know, he... Ryan Murphy is absolutely capable of doing incredible television if you give him one season. If yeah. you Ryan give Perry. him anything past that, he's going to make it scream queens because he can't mm. help himself. You um, could make it to the end of the second season, but the cliffhanger will be so out there that you don't tune in. See, for the I was hooked season. on Nip Tuck for at least. See, but Nip I Tuck love... went down the hill after the th- second or third I season. Was, too. When did they do the transgender woman who was hunching on the sun? What season was that? What the fuck? That was a later know. season. That, that was, was a later when season. They, that's when they, that's when I, you know, when they, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh Lord, because when they had that bad screw hood, he immediately knew she had a hollow vagina or something. I was like, this show is absurd. But, it was shallow, not hollow. Oh, it wasn't. Look, he did say shallow. Look, well, you know, I, I'm not a vagina expert, but <laughs> neither am I. But that was the reason. That was. The I was thing. like, dang, you don't had enough that you can tell the difference. But anyway, that was so crazy. But yeah, to think that Ryan Murphy has gone from making that kind of ludicrous television to, um. So yeah, being you know having his his movie is a miniseries, um, very well received. One of the winners, Sterling K. Brown from The People versus O.J. Simpson, who played Christopher Darden, who had me shipping him and look, I'm like, dang, I'm shipping Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden in a miniseries. He is on a new show called This Is Us that uh, debuted recently on NBC. 10 million people watched. It is a bona fide hit for the new season. Sarah, NBC usually has trouble with these types of character-driven, soapy, wholesome shows. Friday Night Lights struggled in the Nielsen's. Parenthood struggled but was critically acclaimed. What say you about This Is Us? Well, first of all, whoever cut the trailer initially that went viral over the summer deserves a big raise because they were smart enough to put um, Milo's butt up in the front and people that thing went viral. Because uh, let's be honest, uh, people are shallow and that got people interested in it. And that has nothing to do with what the show was about. But, uh... Really? It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... You know, it, I'm sure it has tons of assets. But uh, but um, well, but uh, but I mean, it was just a really great show, and I think right now it's like everything is like we're so dark, we're so edgy. There's nobody redeemable on our show. Like having a show about basically good people, you know, who have real life flaws but are trying to do the right thing, and there's no big villain and nobody's killing, you know, secretly a murderer or anything like that. I think like that's almost edgy at this point. And like, I think it made it sort of stand out and I think it was just really well done. And there was a big twist in the pilot, which I'm not going to, um, Oh no, we'll spoiler alert it. Cause you know, we're just going to let up. Yeah. <laughs> it's already aired, but you know, and I mean, I'll yeah, be, we'll talk you know, about it, but go ahead. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it develops from there. And it was also like the casting director was smart to get you got a bunch of people who already had different followings. Like mm-hmm. you have Mandy Moore, 90s kids were like, oh, okay, she was the one, you know, she was nowhere from the thing, you know. I am filled with Christ's love. Yeah, I thought that was 
that was fantastic. And like we know, you know, and Gilmore Girls fans were the, you, you know, and Justin Hartley had both daytime and Smallville fans, and um, Sterling K. Brown. Everyone in America loved People versus O.J. Simpson. You get to he just won the Emmy, which which they couldn't have predicted, but that worked out really nicely for oh, them. Oh, the Emmys was so unapologetically black. Oh, love But it. it was just like there was so like a lot of reasons for like if you liked any one of those actors, you had a reason to tune in. Very well marketed. And it was good. Like it made you cry. And there's tons of shows that make you gasp. There's tons of shows that make you laugh. But there's very few shows that just get you in, like, you know, the heart right now. So. Yeah, and and when America, historically, when America is in a really dark, ugly time, and it's debatable about whether it is or not right now, but if you look at, I don't know about anyone else, but I, my heart sinks every time I look at Facebook right now, because between Hillary and Donald and shootings, I am just like, please someone post a cat video. So hope, you know, hopefully that this show will have some kind of effect in terms of, yeah, there's something we, cause I, I'm going to be honest. I could barely watch, even though it was a really good show designated survivor, because I'm scared something like that's going to happen. But before we talk about designated survivor, who else watched this is us. Me. So Mel, what did you think about this is us? So I thought overall it was a really good show. You know, everybody kept talking about this big twist, this big twist. So I knew going into it, I didn't watch it the night it aired. I watched it a few hours ago, honestly. So I was like, okay, there's a twist and I'm going to try and figure it out before it happens. So, and I did, but that's good. But overall, the show is good. I feel like the acting is really good. The stories flow well together. You know, everyone's interconnected somehow, and you find that out towards the end. So it, it worked out really well. I, Justin Hartley, who, let's be real, has made an entire career off of his chest. He's a great actor, but come on. We love your chest, Justin. So he has this great moment. Michelle Staus especially loves it. Okay. I'm not. Hey, Chriselle, girl, okay. how you doing? That's your man. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> he Art has this now. really great moment in the series where he kind of just goes off of, you know, he wants to be this series actor, but he has so pretty and he has this really great looking chest. So, you know, it's kind of like they won't let him do it. And he has this great moment. And that really stood out for me. Milo did a fantastic job. Mandy Moore, who improves more and more over the years of her acting. I thought she did a great job as well. So for me, it was a really solid pilot episode. I will be back the next episode, the episode after that, if they keep it up, like I'm in for the season at this point. So Justin gave an interview where he said he, his whole career had basically been leading up to that part. And that I read that before I saw it. And then when I saw it, I just, I was like, (laughs) especially crossover moment. We also have a podcast called Daytop Confidential. So I was literally laughing my butt off when he had that huge rant about bad writing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the writer going, can you take your shirt off? I'm like, he literally <laughs> just lived this on The Young and the Restless. I'm mm-hmm. sure when he had to go off on that writer, a certain... Um, new hire from Lee for Lee Daniels 
was all he had to channel when he thought about that brilliant scene where he just ripped the hack writer and quit the show. Spoiler alert. So the twist. We'll talk about the twist because everybody else has watched it. So the you, you're thinking this whole time, well, Milo and Mandy's characters, Jack and Rebecca, when are they going to intersect with these other characters? And then you find out that there's a time uh, difference and that they are actually the parents of Kevin, Justin's character, Kate, his sister, and Sterling K. Brown, Randall, um, which, I, you know, I'll leave that for you two to see how that happens. But I thought that was neat. I will say they scared me so much because y'all know I have a problem. Not a problem, but if it's a sci-fi show, it's... There's a 90% chance if it's a sci-fi show, it's not going to hook me long term. I mean, yeah. the only, you know, I, I'm just never going to really, I mean, I love Star Trek, um, the next but generation. But you like Game of Thrones. I don't consider that sci-fi. That's not, that's not that's sci-fi, that's fantasy. That's fantasy, and it's, the. I will say this, the sorcery and all of that, those elements are so reduced in the show. Well, it's not even the, because I love me some, look, when Danny be talking about Whatever, what's her command? Kalaris or whatever she be. <laughs> no, I Rick love what look. Rick I love what Dracaris. I be like, ah, oh, <laughs> she finna burn y'all shit to the ground. So no, I actually love it on that show, but it's so smart and well done. And I know a lot of sci-fi and, and fantasy shows are, but I, I don't feel that network TV is doing them. I used to love Once Upon a Time. Its first couple of seasons, I loved Once Upon a Time the first season. So. But they, but network hasn't done fantasy well in a long time. I even liked Grimm at one point. But so when they kept saying, "Oh, there's a twist," "Oh, there's a twist," and then I read that the script was called that the pilot script was called M Night Shyamalan. I thought, "Oh Lord, somebody is a ghost or somebody is," and I was like, "I'm not gonna want to look at that." So when they did the twist, I was like, "Oh, this is a normal human," you know, it's just a story being told in two different times but it's uh, it's not parallel universes or something bizarre i'm like okay i can deal with that because lord when luke and reagan used to be into that show fringe and they were talking about all these different dimensions and shit i was like make it stop but this show was really good i hope that in a season so full of like you guys were saying edgy this and that that um it and thank god they have fat people having romances and it's not you know dan and roseanne or <laughs> you know what i mean i was happy to see her find love because she was so sad for like half of the show and i was like oh please don't end with you killing yourself but it turned out good so yeah i enjoyed that little story um i really enjoyed like, her character's relationship with justin hartley's too because it's yes. like it's sort of you would have quote unquote the opposite problem you know what i mean like like, and I'm not saying that a larger person can't be attractive, but like the way society judges you, you know, and so if you think about how annoying it would be if you were in that situation and then 
your brother that's is like cool. Justin Hartley, and he's like, oh, nobody will take me seriously because I'm too beautiful. Right. Like, you just want to kick him. You would want to uh, kick him in the face, but like they have this really loving, supportive relationship, on, and they're, you can tell they both have each other's backs. Now, a good friend of mine who, you know, works in the television industry was hot. You know, so many people love this show, but like I said, a friend of mine was not amused by one plot point, and that's that um, Randall, Sterling K. Brown's character, who was the adopted son, obviously, he had a crack, he had crackheads for parents. Oh, and yeah. It, I already don't even want to tune in now. It's Ugh. not bad, Jillian. It's not I bad. didn't. I, I will say this. And y'all know how I have been about those type of of portrayals. You know, I am, you know, but he he had to say he had react the reaction that I had about Sandra uh Sandra Bullock's movie, the what was that one? Oh, God, oh the blind side. Yeah, and the help. You know, I didn't like those movies because they were what I call white savior movies. You mm. know, oh, the downtrodden Negroes can't make it unless some good white people come along to to save us, you know, let's forget about Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King and all the black people who helped save us themselves. Let's do a movie that'll make white people feel good because they saved us. And I didn't Now I watched it and I didn't feel that way. I felt like, you know, it was just a situation where, okay, you know, I mean, there are, you know, there was a huge crack problem in the 80s. And that when, you know, I guess those kids, you know, they're 36, so they would have had to have been born in 1980. Is. Yeah, so, you know, crack was running rampant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I can totally see it's like, okay, there's one brother and his parents had to be crackheads, and then he's super successful, because, you know, because he was raised by the white parents. I didn't really, you know, a friend, my friend, I really value this friend's opinion, but I didn't really see that. And it could be because in this one instance, like, my father was a crackhead. I mean, my father, who, you know, many of our listeners know that my father passed a few years ago. And I hate that. You know, I said I was going to stop saying that term. He was a drug addict. You know, crackhead is such a pejorative because when you, you know, when it's an actor and they're struggling with oxy or or heroin, it's like, oh, they're brave battle. But if, you know, crack, it's, oh, you're a crackhead. But anyway, my father struggled with crack most of his life. And so... You know, I mean, because that was part of my reality and, you know, I feel I'm successful because my grandparents raised me. Uh, my mother was not a crackhead. She went on to the military and did a, had a great life. So I will say that the fact that both of the parents were crackheads, I'm like, dang, dang. So y'all just y'all just cracking together and having babies. But um, that really didn't bother me that much, especially since they showed the opposite side of it that, I mean, he's it seems like the most successful of the three siblings. So I don't know, but yeah, Milo's, butt. I was like lunch anyway. Um, let's talk about some of the other oh, shows. Have mercy. That have debuted! We do not want to know what you do Lord, when it comes to tossing salad. Okay. Well, don't oh. knock until you try it, but I wouldn't even go go there. But anyway, let's talk Keep about this. Going in people's bedroom, Luca. Let's talk about Dan Fogelman, who is the executive producer of uh, This Is Us. He has another show, uh, Pitch, about a the first female baseball player. And this show is basically done in cooperation with the Major League um, baseball. baseball Association, which is very much different than, you know, because if the NFL has tried to fight every show ever, every scripted show ever they done. They really do, yeah. 
So, but of course, this is a wholesome and positive portrayal. Did anybody watch it yet? I have it on my DVR. I, I watched. I, I, I did. I did watch it. Um, I watched it, and I will say this for you know, Dan Fogelman created that. It just so happens that the the um, woman who is the first female in the um, baseball player happens to be African American. It's not even like necessarily a plot point in it. And in fact, they said they just were looking for someone who was the right age who could convincingly be a baseball player. And this actress happens to come from a family of pro soccer players. So like she, you know, could be a convincing athlete. And so, you know, that was a good example of casting. It's, it's a good show. Like, I'm someone who does not care about baseball as a sport. I'm just going to put that out there. I find it slow and boring. Um, come at me, baseball fans. But uh, this was good. And it kind of reminded me of, like, Friday Night Lights made me care about high school football. And there is nothing I care less on this earth about than high school football. And they made me really care about who was going to, you know, whether this pitch was going to go you know, or the or the players were going to get walked, and it was a really nice sort of, you know, and they showed, like, the business of it, that this woman, you know, she's got, like, this agent who's, like, seeing her as, like, a cash cow, and you see that, like, there's all of this pressure on her, and I like the way some of the men on the team were supportive, and some of them thought, well, she's just a gimmick to sell tickets, which was not, like, necessarily sexist. That's just real, you know, because... It, she did sell a lot of tickets because people went crazy for it. And I like, spoiler alert, that she didn't come in and was, like, instantly the best player in Major League Baseball, that she had some struggles. So I thought it was really well done. I'm not sure, however, like, how much I'm going to continue being invested in it just because of the subject matter, because it didn't quite get me the way Friday Night Lights did in terms of just having, like, this small town and this poignancy to it and stuff. But it was it was really well done, and to me, the big revelation of it is Mark Paul Gosley of all people is fan. Zach Morris. Zach Morris. I did not even recognize him. He's Zach's got like, wow. a, a dark beard, and he's like like sort of the veteran of the team. He's like the catcher, so like the pitcher and the catcher, you know, they have to work together. And like he's, you know, at first you think he's the sexist, but then he's not. Like, because it's like, oh, he passed, he slapped her on the ass. And he's like, I slap all the men on the ass, too. It would be sexist of me not to slap you on the ass. And then you're like, well, you put it like that. Likely story, huh? Uh, (laughs) And he is just absolutely disappears into this role. Like, if I didn't see his name in the credits, and then I was like, oh, wait, that's Zach Morris. You know, where's where's Slater? Where's his giant phone? But, like, he... Slater is on extra and screeches. He is. On extra. He is great. Who knew? I mean, watch that true. He wasn't he on NYPD Blue. He's done some like legit. Um, yeah. Anyone who watched Hyperion Bay knew this day was coming. Well, and he had a television show on TNT too. Franklin right, and Bash. Y'all don't remember Hyperion. Yeah. <laughs> They're ignoring you. So <laughs> let's talk about a show that got almost ignored in the ratings. Um, although, look, Lord, I have I have to learn that you can't always hashtag these shows because I liked Notorious, but critics panned it, and usually I don't pay attention to that. But I have gotten to the point now with if the critics pan something and the ratings are bad, I'm like, 
do I need to even watch next week because I don't want to get invested and turn it off. Now, I liked Notorious, but it only got like 5 million viewers and, you know, all of the major trade sites, TV line, deadline, basically called it a soft debut. They didn't call it a flop, but they definitely said underperformed and soft debut. Listen, Deadline listed it as the fact that it did so bad that it hurt How to Get Away with Murder, and they said that it's so hurting How to Get Away with Murder that they're going to have to switch the schedule around if they're going to try and save How to Get Away with Murder. So I basically said something like, you know, because I had just raved on the show because I liked it, and then immediately I went to go, well, I was like, well, let me go see how I did in the numbers. And so I tweeted, yikes, you know, um, I guess I won't be putting this one on the DVR. And one of the producers, bless, you know, they were like, well, actually, it did better than Scandal's pilot. And that gave me all these, girl, I thought it was a cancellation there. But it did, you know, it did, you know. But, but that's the thing. It's like, it, you know, yeah, you know, but those numbers were good back then. You know, now that Grays is rebounded and this and that, it's like, it doesn't matter that it beat the scan. When did Scandal date you? Yeah. Five years ago? Uh, it was like in the spring and it was at this weird time. Yeah, yeah so it was like, yeah. well, it actually got more viewers than Scandal when it premiered and I'm like, well, honey, that's like breaking up Beretta's ratings. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> he was trying his best and I was like, damn, I can't even... I can't even tweet about the shows without the people coming. I'm like, I want to be anonymous again. This is, my, you know, anyway. Um, so Hi. I liked it. I don't think they marketed it well. They marketed it like Scandal. They marketed it like Olivia Pope as a white girl working at a newsroom. It's and really that got them. It's really an ensemble, you know, because, yeah, all the critics are like, another poor Scandal imitation. And it's not, it's more of a traditional soap than Scandal. I mean, yes, it's about a newsroom producer and a Johnny Cochran-esque lawyer who basically play people with, you know. Oh, that show is supposed to be based upon, um, oh, shit, Mark Garagos. Yeah, Yeah. yes. Well, here here's what here's what Deadline said about the ratings. It said subbing for Scandal Notorious was nestled between Shondaland's Grays and How to Get Away with Murder, which launched its third season with a 1.4 in 1849, down sharply from last fall's opener of a 2.6, following a strong scandal. The new drama is clearly hurting How to Get Away with Murder, which made up some ground, climbing by 0.03 from its notorious lead-in. This can't go on for long. The easiest solution would be to flip How to Get Away with Murder. While Notorious's 1.1 okay. premiere rating is just a fraction below ABC's The Last spring. We don't have to well, no, but I'm just saying. Much I'm just we saying. We get it. It, yeah, didn't, it, was... it didn't do very good over well, the catch. I, I, I think I set that up. I mean, we don't have to do a. a well, a, yeah, I'll say. We that don't we... have to do an audio book of Deadline Hollywood but to get no, to the point I, that. But I have to say though, I don't know that that like how to get away with murder has content-wise is a 10 p.m. show. Exactly, and and the thing of it, yeah, because you can't. You know, you can't have raunchy butt sex at um, uh, <laughs> in the family hour. But Notorious had um, some hot sex, but it was a lot more tame than than um, How to Get Away with Murder. I, um, I mean, yeah, How to Get Away with It should have been marketed as a, especially since I thought this was going to, this is what I, according to the promos, I thought this was going to be a case of the week type show. But it's not. It's you know, it's this soap opera about a murder mystery involving a billionaire who started a Twitter-like microblogging site 
whose wife, you know, is involved in a hit and run, and then he's accused of the hit and run, but then as that is resolved, the wife ends up murdered, and he's the main suspect. And so when we went to next week on Notorious, and that story picks back up, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be a they solve the case every week via the, you know, CNN type network. This is going to be a full season. And, you know, they have the, the networks, basically the Jeff Zucker character, the network exec, his son has been hired as a PA and he's scheming to get ahead. And he ends up hooking up with one of the lawyers at the, um, at the law firm that's defending the rich blogger. So, I mean, this is, a microblog owner. So this is, it's more of a soap opera. And I feel like they thought, let's market this as one of those Fitz Olivia type shows. And those two are not, I love me some Piper Parabo from uh, Coyote Ugly, Can't Fight the Moonlight. In Covert Affairs. Yeah, well, no, I didn't watch that one. I love, oh, I love but I watched that. her from Coyote Ugly. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, but they're not a, they're not, Fitz and Olivia, and that's kind of how all the probos are like, if you like Fitz and Olivia, you'll love these two copycats, and I think that that did the show a disservice, because that's the first thing the critics said, this is no scandal, well, it's not supposed to be scandal, anyway. The thing about the show is, while I like Piper, uh, Daniel, I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I like him, but every time I see him, he's always better in a supporting role, not a leading role. Well, he's he's and, tired of playing. I I know he is, but like when I, for example, like Rescue, what was it nine? Uh, uh, what was the Rescue Me on FX? No. He was fantastic on there, and but but when they started making him more of a lead character, he he just for whatever reason it didn't like his romance stories and whatever just didn't hold the same he, weight he, as the he other He doesn't ones. have the charisma of a no, or No. You know, I would have put like a you know, John Stamos type in that role or yeah, I didn't really buy him as the one I'm going to like love each week either. Um but the supporting cast is good. The horish, I loved the horish host of the show although I, I would say i would have cast marsha cross in that role but i loved how she was hooking up with the black rapper and she made the pa bring her some condoms i was like hey hey um but yeah i thought it was to me it should have been marketed as a a juicy network version of being mary jane that's to me what that show is not a scandal type show let's talk about uh designated survivor did any one of you guys watch that I did. Yep. Okay. So I watched it and it depressed me so much because of our current political cycle. Designated Designated Survivor. With Keeper Sutherland. Like some low level uh, cabinet member who is the one picked to not go to the State of the Union. And then everybody that is supposed to lead the free world is murdered and blown up. Yeah. Well, murdered. They, they did. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying it was, I was just like, literally they dropped yeah, the bomb or so, they didn't drop a bomb, but it one went off. I, I, I'm going to say my grandmother used to say this all the time, and I used to roll my eyes at her when she, you know, I remember when independence day came out and they blew up the white house, you know, the aliens, she'd say, now see there, they're just giving our enemies ideas and i was like oh mother but 
when I watch this, I'm like, oh, Lord, 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 Hillary is shaking and stuff, and Donald Trump is crazy, and people don't need to have this on TV right now. But anyway, it is on TV. Mel, what did you think about it? I thought it was a really solid pilot. You know, you see Keith Sutherland's character. He actually starts his day going to the White House by getting demoted. So that's how his day was going. And then they picked him to be the designated survivor in case anything happens. Well, of course, since this is the pilot, shit gets real. You know, the Capitol is blown up. All of the leaders are inside and he gets thrust into being president of the United States. He doesn't really know what's going on. He has this whole moment where he freaks out in the bathroom and there's a guy next to him. He's talking to him. He's like, man, can you believe this? This guy's going to be the president. He's such trash. You know, he got fired today. It's crazy. And then he figures out he's talking to the president and he becomes a speechwriter. So it's funny, but it has its little kind of quirky moments, but I know I'm interested to see where it goes and how he assimilates into actually being the president and head of the United States of America with the military because there's one of the generals who is not here for him. He wants to overthrow him. So with the military basically trying to overthrow him. So I was interested. Isn't it weird to see him as such a nebbish, mild-mannered character after 24? Yeah. I liked it. Well, elaborate. Tell us what you thought about well, it, Luke. No, <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I watched every season of 24, and I watched it when it returned for the, the special run, what was it, last summer or the summer before. I, I, I love Kiefer Sutherland kicking ass, but in this case, it was so much more different, and to see an insecure, him playing an insecure, well, not insecure in terms of what he does in his existing department, but insecure in taking over the role of the presidency, I really enjoyed it. For me, this was West Wing meets Scandal. Um, I thought I'm definitely so for far. It's my favorite. That was what. It, yeah, I think that was what for, it was supposed to be. <laughs> for me, for me, it's my favorite so far of the things that have premiered in like the first week. Um, but we'll see how it develops. The one thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is how they sustain the. Um, the concept of him being a new president and what it is that keeps driving it beyond his insecurities. Uh, now that having been said, Battlestar Galactica had the exact same thing done in space and they mm-hmm. d- did brilliant drama for multiple seasons and it should have been uh, acknowledged at the Emmys and never was. So it's not to say that it can't be done. It's just whether or not they, the, these, this team is up to it is the question. Well, I hope that they watched Battlestar Galactica. So do and, I. And well, Luke is voting for some cyborgs Bec- to show because, up. Because, of course, you know, that is exactly the same. Well, here, here, was my, here was my thought, though, because I had just, I had been marathoning Quantico before binging the, tonight's premiere. Binging for the premiere. love of Peter, Mary, and Joseph. You were <laughs> binging. Before tonight's premiere, and... It the season finale of that was epic, it and was I was like, anyway, go ahead. it was fantastic. And so when no. this premiered, I got I got thinking to myself, how awesome would it be for a Quantico designated survivor crossover? Quantico because, got renewed because that actress is beautiful and great, but that show devolved into a re- oh a no. See in the middle mess. in the in the middle of the season I would say that but I but the last 9 episodes that I had on my DVR that I watched it was like I don't yeah, I can't even fun. tell you how it I ends. cannot it wait was I so can 
convoluted. Her, by the her end. friend went and drove the bomb that was located off into the water so that it wouldn't hurt anybody. But who was doing it all to her? I mean, I, I that show just the Marsha Cross's Marsha's Marsha Cross, the vice presidential character, was involved in the plot, and the, the and fuck? it was her trainer, the one that she slept with. I, I don't. Get, but what was the plot? I, 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 why would somebody take? Why would anybody? This would be like. Oh, I'm going to go to the post office. and, and Because it's the of- same tried and true plot that we always have. You have people in these government agencies who feel like things are going wrong with the government and they want to make it better. So the only way to do it is to blow it up. That was the foundation of it. It ended up being her trainer, the guy who was uh, the second in command after the... Oh, the Courtney um, Cox's husband from that little show. And, yes. And then Marsha, like at, in the, one of the final scenes, uh, she goes and or Alex confronts Marsha across his character and says you don't have any prescriptions and she basically lets it be known that she's coming for marsha cross who's like the vice presidential well i'll say this i hope that they are more streamlined because i like the characters on quantico i liked it but i hope it's more streamlined i hope that they stay in one time frame because not every show can do that well, well she's joining the cia and, this season well, cannot see, wait yeah, well you talk about names and like that you know i read that that she's going to be so i'm like well why is the show still going to be called quantico then because quantico is where they trade the fbi i'm like because you know that she's going to be doing my suspicion is that she's going to be doing on U.S. soil. All I gotta things. say and is that's not supposed to be done watch, by the CIA. They better pay attention to what happened with Revenge, and they better pay attention to when Scandal fans had enough um, when B613 was super heavy, because people can get really tired when those type of shows get too convoluted, and if it, you know, Revenge and Scandal took a couple of years to get convoluted. Quantico got super convoluted. Listen, the how to get away with murder was super convoluted the first or convoluted the first yeah, season, but, and it and in the second season, mm-hmm. it sort of straightened or uh, streamlined a few things, which made it easier to watch. I fully expect Quantico uh, will do how the same. To get away with murder was convoluted, but it was convoluted with one big umbrella story still. How to uh, Quantico? I didn't know what was. Anyway, we'll table this for later. But you like the end? I didn't see many people who were like that. I was like, "What the hell is going on with this show?" Anyway, since you you said the phrase "insecure" about seven times earlier, I think that was a signal that we should talk about Issa Rae's new show, Insecure. Yes. You watched that? Yes. Yoko, it, what did you think about it? Oh my God. It was amazing. It was funny. It was brilliant. And I'm hoping that the numbers do well. And I'm hoping that HBO keeps it. It is fantastic. At first, I thought, I'm like, this gives me, um, what is it? I always screw the name up. The Adventures of uh, Awkward. What is it? The Awesome this Adventures? Been, the, awkward, black awkward Black Girl. Awkward Black Girl. Yeah. Well, I know this it's awkward, awkward black. black girl. There you yeah. go. I didn't know the full title. Thank you. Yeah, it gave me that vibe a little bit, but then they flipped it on me, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Issa is bringing the heat, because, like, that shit had me laughing, like, in the first five minutes. I howl. Those little, I'm just going to, this mention part, Mel, you saw it. Those little badass school kids. Oh, <laughs> want to take my belt off for those little bastards. Ooh, woo. But y'all need to watch it. It's on HBO Go now. It comes out officially October 
9th, right, Mel? Yes. October 9th. She, oh, this is such great television that's happening this year. Like, I love it. It was so cool today. I was reading um, the New York Times and opened, and there was a full page on her. Um, was that? It might wait a minute. That might have been the um, Wall Street Journal. One of them I was reading. I go to Starbucks because the hoity-toity people from Buckhead will buy those papers, but then they put them in the recycling bin, and then I go read them because I'm not spending six dollars for a newspaper. So, (laughs) but I was reading it today, and you know there was her full page spread, and I was like, yes, 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 Lord, and look. Jillian already knows this, but so the Pop Confidential podcast can mark this down. I am done defending Lena Dunham. I tried, I tried. So I'm, so I am primed for a new H- finally for a new HBO it girl. I still love girls. I th- I still think that show is very well written and smart, but she is too. She just, I, I can't with her anymore. You know, that Odell Beckham Jr. Oh. stuff. I'm like, I'm so tired of your victim mess. You know, she jump into everybody's fight. You know, she you go after everybody. But then that she. Odell Beckham thing. You know, she makes you, she, cond- she was so condescending when you first busted her and was like, well, obviously it was a joke for me. And it's like, girl. That man ain't even paying you no attention. She just automatically assumed because she's white. I'm just going to go here. She automatically assumed that she's white and he is a black athlete. He's going to be like, ooh, white woman, I want. And he paid you dust, you funky bitch. And I was, <laughs> me so, I was so mad that we didn't record because I was. this was on my okay. chest. She made me so she, mad. She, she's like, well, he doesn't want me, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have to want you. He doesn't have to talk to you. They're not here. the wrong here. here. You are you know, Lena Dunham. You in your feelings because that did that man didn't want that you. That man did not okay. know you. He hit you with the Mariah and was like, I don't know her. No. Like, even is, after she look, did. He is know, doing vines with his Nobody home. watches it's... girls other than people who blog about it. So why did you think he'd watch her show? That's how conceited she is. That is how conceited this woman is. She thought, oh, he knows who I am. And even yeah. after she made those apologies, he still paid her dust. Not well, until they went her, into the She month. did, yeah, you know, her apology was more of, the, you know, it wasn't about a true her. apology. It was, woe is me. I feel and, bad about And I'm like, you do not feel bad about yourself. Look, I feel bad about my body. <laughs> and what, so that means, that no, what that means is, Oh, let me wait till all the fine dudes at oh, the gym go in the She doesn't feel bad about her body because she gets butt naked every chance she gets on HBO. So you do she not feel bad. that bad about your body. She felt bad that people came for her because Lena always acts like she is one of the most wokest white people out there when it comes to black causes. And she was not here for the sisters and brothers mounting up she and telling her about her ass. I feel so... Uh, you know, you had you, that woman got paid the biggest book advance in recent history. If you wanted some black dick, all you had to do was call up, you know, whoever. You know, there's got to be somebody who's replaced Heidi Fleiss in Hollywood and get you some black dick. You don't have to be sitting up there 
trying to make that man talk to you. Just go buy you some. And I love when they him. horse race. And I love when they cornered him in the locker room. Some dick reporter cornered him in the locker room and asked him about it, and he was like, "He still paid her dust." Oh, I ain't mad at that reporter. I'd have asked him too. You got well, to ask. He him still paid her dust. He was like, um, yeah, I don't know what was going on. I'm just focused about the game. I ain't trying to cause no problems. AKA, I don't know who this white woman is. Well, she just stay in her lane and I'm about this football. Lena, I'm I'm you I'm done, girl. You are a good writer and catch I like you in these stuff. streets defending her. Let me catch you but in these streets. I can't no no, I'm gonna watch the last season of girls because mm-hmm. I've watched this long and I have to know how it ends. Oh, but that. I I look, I ain't mm-hmm. praising her no more. I'm like, you, you know, do I mean, me and my people's dirty, get and that's the thing. It's that like, thing. you know, finally we're at a point where, you know, we didn't have these, you know, black wonder kind. I mean, we had them. They just didn't get the recognition that we've had them for years. We had Spike, John Singleton. You know, we had, we've always had them actually, but they just never, you know, John Singleton had to, had to go end up, he had to leave behind Boys in the Hood and Poetic Justice and start doing big budget, nameless action movies just to, you know, and I remember that broke my heart. I was like, why is he doing these stupid, you know, GoBot movies and stuff? I mean, he didn't do the GoBots, but I'm just saying, I was like, why isn't he doing more Boys in the Hood? And he gave an interview. He's like, look, I got to eat. And, you know, they ain't trying to make Boys in the and Hood. he has anymore. a fight to do that one, too. Yeah, so, but uh, now, you know, I have to say, growing up as a kid, who loved this, you know, loved entertainment and wanted to work in television. But, you know, my my fantasy people, ooh, I'm going to one day write for Heather Locklear and this and that, because there just really wasn't, you know, yeah, there were sitcom versions, you know, yeah, there was Whitley Gilbert, but that was a sitcom. And I, didn't, I was like, I don't want to write a sitcom. I want to write a drama. Now, Lord knows we are having our moment. Queen Sugar, Atlanta, many oh hour longs. Wow. So Queen Sugar, from Insecure to Queen Sugar. So this is based on a novel. It's about the Bordelon family's patriarch dying and leaving them with a sprawling but failing sugarcane dynasty. Mel, what are your thoughts on this new own show from Ava DuVarney? So I have to say, I was already in in the beginning because it was Ava's show. So anything that she does, I'm in. And then I didn't know exactly what it was about. I just knew I was watching it. And then to come to find out, it's about sugarcane farmers, which is totally my heritage because both of my great-grandfathers were sugarcane farmers in Louisiana. And I remember, like, seeing sugarcane in the house and you know, eating the stalks and getting everything out of it. So, you know, it kind of hit home for me. But the show is fantastic. You know, you have these three siblings and they're all very different. You know, one sibling just got out of prison. Another one lives in Los Angeles with her uh, fancy basketball husband. The other one writes for a paper locally, but she's very, you know, down for the cause and involved in. And is hunching Greg Vaughn. Booty alert! Booty alert! Yeah, first. So. This is why we all Greg Vaughn's fine ass, who has always been fine, and everybody else is just finding that out. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Um, we got to see it live. Uh, yes, and it was beautiful, and I was here for it. And I That's was how little, you open a show, baby. Right? So what night is this on? Things to open. Wednesday, because oh, it premiered while I was on my vacation, Wednesday. and I just saw Wednesday. Twitter Wednesday. erupt. Let me talk. Wednesday. 
comes on Wednesdays after Empire, and it is fantastic. You know, you see how the family has to come back together after their father dies tragically at the little baby's birthday party. Oh my God! They look like a sailor from different world. (laughs) The um the youngest son, his name is Ralph Angel. He has a son. His name is Blue, and poor Grandpa dies at the birthday party, and it kind of spins everything into a tailspin where you find out that Granddaddy has not been producing the sugarcane for him because it's been too expensive. But the kids don't necessarily want to sell it, but they have to find somebody to run the farm. So that there's that going on. Charlie is. Uh, the youngest girl, and she lives in Los Angeles with her superstar basketball husband who just messed up because he got busted having uh, a prostitute in his room with the rest of the team. So we don't exactly know what happened there, but you can guess. So she's going through the turmoil of that. that She was was passed the fuck out Mm. when he carried her into that room. Mm. Yeah, so you kind of, you already know what happened there. The headlines love it. So then you have Nova, who is the oldest, and she's the reporter. She's down for the cause. She's always trying to help oh. the youth of the community. She low-key is a drug dealer, and she's also with Greg Vaughn's character, who you see them together in the beginning of the pilot, and you're like, yes, I could be here for this, only to find out that Greg Vaughn is married to some white woman, and they have children together, and you see Nova outside looking, you're like, oh, no, I just wanted y'all to oh be Oh, my there. God. Oh, what wow. was so, like, uh, I peeped this wedding ring from the giddy-up. I'm like, y'all don't see that? I could clock a wedding ring uh, at least a mile uh, away. Now, this I is... Julie, I gotta be with you down there, because that's what I do. You look at a man, and then you look at I his... I clock that You gotta bitch. peep the ring, people. Peep the ring! Anyway. That woman like, said, it's morning <laughs> as like, we no, slept the night away. Okay, sure, Twitter was all excited <laughs> that Nova had a white boy. They were like, oh, shit, get that uh. sugar. And when they found out that he, let me tell you, black Twitter will turn on your ass. They were like, ah, oh, hell no. They turned. I was like, oh, Greg Vaughn's probably like, my mention. They were not here for that. <laughs> but the show like, is great. I think it's very well written cine- cinematically. It's beautiful. I love everything about that show. So, And OWN has really, let me give props to OWN, which I never thought I would do. They've really been producing some great shows. Because if y'all have not watched Greenleaf, I'm going to slap every one of y'all. Because that show is fantastic. I we oh, gonna have, so next season, I'm going to have to try to pray about Greenleaf because Greenleaf, yeah. I think Greenleaf is spam to what? to oh. Queen Sugar's filet mignon. I mean, they got I like both of them. Like, I'm so tired of the I was molested stories. I don't know what to do. Baby, it's so good. <laughs> I'm so tired. Of, look, Oprah been telling us my People getting molested for 40 years. I mean, I'm, I was talking to my mother about this today because I just hate that becoming this, you know, the way that my friend feels about crackheads, that's how I feel about that narrative because it's always black Southern mothers. And then they, all, you know, I don't mind because child molestation is a thing, a very real thing that happens and it needs to be addressed. But every Tyler Perry movie and every Tyler Perry TV show has that as a subplot. You know, why is Tika Sumter so evil on the haves and the have-nots? Because she was bothered as a little girl. And then with this show, the thing that irks me the most about it, it's not that molestation happened. Because, again, that definitely happens. But Lynn Whitfield, for the second time in her career, is playing a mother 
a black mother who turns a blind eye at that. And that just drives me insane because black women in the South do not just tell their children, you shut up about that. That is complete bull crap. My grandmother was so ridiculously overprotective that she, you know how embarrassed you get when your parents talk to you about sex when you're little? Every time I would go over anybody else's house, if I went over your your folks' house and they didn't know, especially if she didn't know them, when I came back, it was going to be, now, did nobody bother you? Huh? Did I nobody mean, touch you in your special place? In your how, you know, it's like... That's technically, that's not how Greenleaf is. Like, it, the mother has an inkling, you know, because there's been rumors about the, about the issue. It's her brother, but she don't want to believe that it's her brother. But the way at least that's the way allegations. Well, they let me finish. There have been allegations, but he's always had an excuse. Mm. The sister who's always said, "Uh uh-uh, that's some bullshit. He did that is Oprah's character. The mother is just like, you know, mm, she's like her daughter believes he did it and she is just like, shut up. (laughs) You know, I think think it's a lot behind that of why Grace. And Lady May don't get along. I, th- exactly. I have a whole theory. I have a whole theory of why she has so much animosity towards that girl. But you know, I wonder whatever. if she's that mad. If she's, I think mad. she's for Mavis. I, I, I do. Or maybe that's Mavis' child. Yeah, that's like I, I think feel- Mavis' child with the dad. That would be a. That would explain it because her animosity toward her daughter is just so hard to watch. It's like I just don't buy. Someone basically saying to their child, shut up about these molestation allegations. It's, you know, like the way I take it also is because the way Lynn Whitfield plays it, she plays it so beautifully, is that, you know, the mother has heard the allegations, but you know, those people, I'm not condoning it, so don't come at me, fool. Some people hear the allegations and it's like, you know, if you keep hearing the same thing, it must be true. But deep down, she knows it's true, but she doesn't want to believe it because it's her brother and it's her child. And not until she gets concrete proof, she's like, oh, shit. Because not until she got concrete proof, like, oh, Pops tore it up. Pops was like, oh, yeah. no, I don't mean to oh. like that. Oh. I mean, her daddy has like, <laughs> look, see. see, what is wrong with your mind? That's not what I meant. I meant Pops. When Pops found out, Pops bust. Woo! The homie forgot that he was a preacher, yanked that call off, and went to town. So I think it's a situation like that. I think, you know, she was just like, no, 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 no. It it's definitely, a- ha- for me, it has a lot of good points. I mean, I love Lamont Rucker. I would have him front and center. I'm going to be honest, a big thing for me, I, I, I'm a fan of Lynn Whitfield, but I think she's, like, this show strives to be, like, some kind of, really it does you know it doesn't know it's a soap opera so they're playing it so straight and so earnest yet lynn whitfield is totally playing some sort of alexis carrington meets cruella Deville character oh yeah because she's but like, the rest she's of them like are not playing status. the rest of them are not playing it that soapy and you know you've got her hamming it up a little bit and then in the opposite spectrum, Merle Dandridge, the lead, is as dull as dishwater. Oh, I mean, come on, as Jay, dull I as dishwater. When yeah. you contrast her with that beautiful, I mean, that girl on 
both of the all three of the leads on Queen Sugar are just dynamic. You know, you want to follow Nova's story. You want to follow Charlie's story. You you're just invested in um the the brother and what's going on with his son and the crackhead Bianca Lawson who finally is not playing a teenager. Right, our age, yeah. It's like yeah, seventy. Yeah, yeah, really. It's like you love that. I mean, the you know the actress who plays Charlie is just fire, but Grace is just like, okay, um, yeah, we're gonna move back home because I gotta solve this mystery. I don't take that like that at all. She bores the piss out of me. I took her being like, we're moving back. Like she's hesitant and she does not want to move back home because that is hell. Because mm-hmm. it took her. She doesn't convey that well. For me, I'm like, I just see her needing some Malto meal or something. Because she just. Oh, not the Malto so, meal, Jamie. I just <laughs> don't Craig find her that. It's like the first season of A Different World when you just like, ooh, can we get. When they show it in reruns, I'm like, ooh, can we get to the Whitley season? Because <laughs> she is so boring to me. I'm so, Will Tables, um, I'm going to, you know, again, I'm so happy there's so much black TV going on. I'm not going to cut Greenleaf off, but if I have to choose between that crazy-ass haves and the have-nots and Greenleaf, I'm going to pick haves and the have-nots. I have to say, I used to dog haves and the have-nots. That it it is. You know, I'm not... I'm not even going to lie. It is hot trash. It is hot mess trash, but it is entertaining hot mess. That show... This season, um, oh my God, the white woman, the rich white woman, um, Dukes of Hazard's wife. <laughs> I don't know any of their names, but Tika, because she's Candace. And the only reason I know her name so is I don't know. Her mama is forever going, Candace, you going to go to the devil, Candace. You going to go, what you reap, you going to. She always just be preaching at her. And, you need to stop, Candace. I have never seen. Those old shows have some mama-daughter issues. I ain't never known no mamas and daughters that just hate each other like they have. But, oh, my God. So some drug dealer was raping Candace and blackmailing her, and her gay brother is hunching the white cop, who in real life impregnated Tika Sumter. So it's just like, the soap opera is becoming the soap opera, is the soap opera. And then Marie Cheatham, who used to be on Days of Our Lives, is the nosy neighbor who knows that Tika Sumter and the gay boy killed somebody (laughs) and buried him in the backyard and now that and Lord Mimi Fry from All My Children, she got killed because the rich white woman shot her and Pilar from Passions is on there and she's crazy and she has two illegitimate children with Dukes of Hazard Man. I'm telling y'all, it's like Passions. It is so entertaining and it is, you know, it's you are never gonna see and the Emmy goes to Tyler Perry. <laughs> But if you want to just, if you're tired of all the horribleness on CNN and everything, I'm telling y'all, if y'all watch three of those shows in a row, you will be hooked. Tika is fire. Tika is, Tika is. Or you'll have to file a claim with your home renders insurance policy because you've destroyed your TV. No, I'm telling you, that show, it is so plot driven. But it is, I mean, it is, there are so many twisted turns. Luke, you would love it. I know you, because you. Know I have tried watching oh, it. It's awful. It is pure shit. You can shit. tell the man he knows. It is pure shit. Uh-uh. 
you know you love rich white women, and they got this. I do them. love <laughs> old rich white women, <laughs> and that's oh, the I reason did. why I tried it out. Oh, and then they, uh, it was awful in this season because this woman named Catherine Cryer. The acting is so bit terrible. The dialogue is so terrible, and the 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 settings are so awful. No, she shot the shit out of me, me fry, me me fry. Listen, I can watch a clip on YouTube of a shooting if that's the case, but I am not going to waste my time on that dribble. Let me tell you, I was hoping. No, don't tell me. I I'm not watching. I was shut up. Try to be, but get your balls. Don't get told out here. But uh. <laughs> I was hoping Eddie Murphy would come in there and save Sherry Headley, you know, come to America style, because that woman just... Oh, oh yeah, I saw that. She bought some tears. <laughs> and that's what it's like. It's passions. It's like, it reminds me of passions, except they don't, you know, they really play it like for seriousness, you know, like, you let my son be raped in prison, and I'm going to tell you you're going to fix it. I'm not gonna fix it. Yes, you're gonna fix it. I'm not gonna fix it. No, I'm not. All right then. And then she just pulled that gun and shot that bitch. I was screaming. I'm telling y'all. It's Emptied so that damn clip in her. Anyway, I saw that no, part. I was like, damn. Watch. Because they're the reason. Because you know, I used to hate on it, and but then every time that show is on, everybody on my timeline is going crazy, and I was like, what is this? Why? So what if lemons run off a cliff? You or lemmings run off a cliff? You're going to businessman, Uncle Bobo. If I read us in a show, then maybe I need to give it a chance. So yes, it is total trash. It is total bad acting, except for T- except for Tika, Crystal Fox, and a couple of more. Look, Dukes of Hazard just be phoning it in. Dukes of Hazard man is like. Dukes of Hazard man has residuals. Thank you very much. That's what I'm saying. He don't give it. That's what I'm saying. He is like he's got Smallville and Dukes of Hazard residuals. Dude is like this is just a check. I'm on here with these black people. I'm gonna say whatever lie they need me to say. But they're you know Tika. Listen, listen. No. You have to be careful when you're a white guy in a black so- sh- soap, or otherwise Why? you'll be the token one who gets Why? killed off, like oh. what's her name did on Empire. Yeah, you. When he started defending the Confederate flag of uh, last year, I was like, all right, now you do know you on a Negro show. Now, Tyler, okay. done had, had I bet Tyler up. pulls up and met him at Oprah. They probably got real ghetto on him and was like, what you fit to say? And he was like, never mind. Well, hmm. since Tyler, you know, Tyler, there is no denying Oprah will forever have to be like, Tyler. You live my best life. We live our best lives together. Because he definitely kept the lights on at own. But now they definitely seem to be going toward more prestige dramas with Green Lee. And it's not, and they can do that. I think that you can, I mean, listen, Fox has done a whole bunch of stuff over the years with black um, Fox entertainment. Is the worst. But what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is there's no reason why Oprah can't do the same thing. No. I would just, if she's going to do it though, rather than get rid of the, get rid of the trash at the bottom, just embrace it, keep the trash, and then go and bring in the high-end stuff. That's because it's still making too much money. But Tyler... Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Don't get rid of it. Just for the future, let basically be have it be like soaps funding everything else back in the 80s. I wonder, is Tyler going to step up his game? Because I saw him praising, you know, um, Queen Sugar. He was the first to tweet. 
Ava DuVarney, and I'm like, okay, he's List. very competitive. Uh, he, you know, he might be, uh, but he's been cashing checks off of shit for decades. Why would he need I to improve? Like no, this is Tyler's best. So. Because now, I mean, you know, but think about it. His movies did get consecutively better. So I'm wondering if he's going to go into the he next. He probably season. will. I there mean, is a Halloween Medea movie coming out. That, well, that's, 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 that man has been trying to retire Medea. For five movies, but Hollywood is like. All I'm saying is, there's no reason for him to try and improve when the when the truck of money keeps backing up. There's no reason for him to improve. Read interviews and stuff. He, you know, that's what the whole. What was that one? That poem. Um, what was it called? I know why the black people are colored and the women do this and that. What no, no, was no, it? no, 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 no. Um, oh. I don't know why the cage birds. What do you? No, the the all colored women. Oh, who considered suicide when the rainbow is not enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to be more critically acclaimed. So he definitely does struggle with that. Yeah, so, yeah. So I wonder, will it cause him to... He probably uh, will, because Empire is still fire, and, you know, and Queen Shook... It'll be an interesting thing to watch his career, because like Luke says, though, his ratings are still... As his movie career kind of slowed, or not his career, because his career is hot. He was in um, what's that dead girl? Ben Affleck, the dead Gone girl. girl. He was in Gone Girl. <laughs> Gone Girl. Anyway, but now he is branched out TV wise because he's basically doing the haves and the have-nots for white folks on TLC with um, what's it called? The one y'all know. It's got. The woman we used to hate on Young and the Restless uh, in it. Kelly Sullivan is in what? the line. That's a lot of people. Oh, what is that show called? Oh, it's I don't know. Shit. Home or something oh, like that. Is it, and, that's a scandal ripoff. Yeah, and everybody was, you know, I saw people having the same reactions, which is funny because. Let, let me back up for a second. You're trying to convince us to watch a show on TLC based off of a shitty show off of off of own but, uh, with an actress we didn't like in daytime no yeah, the locklear is on there too though and she's no. the queen of soap operas and she's uh, so queen you don't even know the name of the damn show so jillian and i were talking about, <laughs> right jillian and i had a offline our offline debate should be taped because <laughs> we were talking about the young and the restless and i said listen you're the one who says who doesn't want to do any more podcasts that's because you you basically like uh entrapment person you be trying to tape me anyway um no too close to home Did yeah well no. but Jill, the week before that she was cast in that show I was telling Jillian, I'm going to do a wish for casting for Heather Locklear, all the young and the restless. And Jillian was like, she's not going to do the young and the restless. And I said, yes, she is. She <laughs> I, I was said, about to say, what else is Heather Locklear doing? She says something to the effect of her career's in the toilet. She, she might as well. standing between her is a Tyler Perry show or something like that. We were just ripping about. I'm like, she, because basically, don't sleep on the young and the restless. They still manage to get big stars. So I was like, yeah, she'll do daytime. She's there. You know, she just had that perp walk and stuff. And then the Jillian texted me, oh my God, we were just talking about her. And she was cast in, but let the record show. She still gets special guest star treatment. I'm not going to let you sleep on her like that, Luke, because she was Aaron Spelling's lucky charm. And now she's tired. And look what that ch lucky charm did for Melrose. Uh, 
Which one? Because Melrose. The most recent one. Melrose... Like that lucky charm was only as good was as he was alive. Uh, one hundred and twenty-six in the Nielsen's to a top twenty show. That's what she did for Melrose Place. You're not gonna. No, I'm talking about the Melrose on the CW or WB. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's where her stock has gone. Uh, that's because they aimed, and she was supposed to save the it too. And W is aimed at people twelve to fifteen years old. They don't know who Heather Locklear is. So they should have got some Vine star to be the bad bitch on there, and then it would have been a hot show. Anyway, let's talk about some returning TV shows. Our Shondaland, two of our Shondaland favorites came back. Scandal didn't come back because Olivia Pope. Hallelujah. Olivia Pope. Oh, Melody. But I'm, I'm fucking done with that show. I'm done. Oh, tell it again, girl. Oh, no. No, I'm done. The show is trash. It's bad, 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 bad. Like you say, Jay. I think they messed up, though, by not coming back and just putting a pillow in front of her because they're going to miss out on the political season. It's like that whole setup of Melly being Hillary and gonna fast forward you know shonda good for that bullshit too well anyway the two that came back okay no, we'll they t- are. they're gonna come back on election night i think oh, oh wow. okay um, so the two but who the fuck back. is gonna be watching that then oh they'll probably hype the heck out of it you have election to night this. though everybody's gonna be tuning into well, the elections on on tuesday though no, no, no. I mean the show. Like when Scandal oh, returns, oh, it'll be oh, election night on the show. They don't come back until January. Oh. oh okay. But let's talk about Grace before we go to How to Get Away with Murder, which we've discussed a little bit. But Grace, who hasn't watched it? Did everybody watch Grace? I, I, I don't watch Grace anymore, so just kidding. Okay. Me. Well, Grace came back and did something that I can't think, I don't think that they've ever done. They have made me hate a core character that I loved. And that's Karev. Oh my gosh, this storyline. Jillian, you're saying not you. What are you thinking about it? This is Joe's fault. Joe is trash. She is $2 fresh out of the Brooklyn dumpster trash. She is disgusting. I hate that. Yeah, I don't agree. Sarah this is her fault. This is all her fault. I think it's Karev needs to control his anger. It's like... You thinking it, your woman being, you know, bothered, as you like to say, while drunk, you're going to be like, girl, are you okay? No, you're going in there wrecking shop. And you are not somebody living, you know, in some slum, you know, yeah. Sarah, what's, what's say you? Sarah, Sarah, okay. we've got tiebreakers. What's say Okay, you? so to me, what I liked about it is that everybody... No one was pure evil and nobody was pure good. Like, it was, like, ambiguous, like, life. Basically, Karev jumped to conclusions, which was plausible based on what he saw, you mm-hmm. know. And that said, he didn't punch him once and get him off her. He beat him, you know, two-thirds of the way to death. Like, and he just would not stop. Like, it was scary. And you Karev saw how messed up he was. He has a possible, you know... Luca, Luca has a possible career-ending injury, although we'll see if that turns out to be the case or not because they had um, Jackson do the surgery, Same and we all bad. know he can fix everything. Pretty baby, fix that eye. But, you know, I mean, and so, so like, what he saw, he thought he was defending her. Joe is trash, though, because she's Joe. 
Like, where she's like, I have nobody to call. I was like, well, yeah, because everybody hates you. you no. But, you like, go, go but, ahead, Sarah. But, like, so in that sense, you know, of course he was like, look, what he did went beyond, you know, self-defense. And, you know, she still wasn't telling him everything. But then Alex was being a, a dick. And then it's like, you know, when Meredith was, like, tempted to lie at first, you know, she was just being sort of ride or die. And then That's right. And then she was like, well, wait a minute. Once she found out more of it and she was like, oh, wait, that that wasn't what was going on. Well, I got to come clean with this. But then people got mad at her for not telling sooner when really it was like a couple hours. Like it wasn't yeah. like she let it go on for like a month or something. And, and then, that rang true because that court, you know, those uh, those OG interns had each other's back through it all you know Meredith Corinne yeah, so I was cool or, with that you know what yeah, yeah. and I like that he went and like you know took it he like went and you know and she needed to, Meredith needed to believe that DeLuca was trying to rape her you know but once she got the information that that wasn't the case she, she, did, she told Alex he had to man up yeah and I like that Alex did it without her having to tell her, tell yeah. him, like, without her having to keep pushing, like, Alex finally manned up before she snitched on him. What made me hate Joe most is when that funky cat bitch went in that boy's hospital room. Oh, God, thought yeah. that she was, like, trying to be his friend. And she's like, don't tell anyone that I'm married. He was like, bitch, I just got my world rocked. And not in the freaking stinky way. And you want me to keep quiet that you are two-time in hell? Like, I was so well, happy. See, and, uh, you know, the, no. the, the season finale, though, it's not about her being a two-timing hoe. The first husband was physically abusive. So Whatever. she's scared yeah, for yeah, her yeah, life. Yeah, but she also had, she but, could have told Alex this at any time. She, Alex, who grew up in a physically abusive household, but, uh, would have had her And back. we see how far Alex will go to have her back. He put a man in the hospital bed. But don't tell anyone. You're a funky cat bitch. I don't and like it. Like, like, when he proposed, she was her time to be like, I would love to marry you, except I'm already married. Well, the one good thing about this is Kepna is like, phew, they hate someone more than me this week. Oh, Luke, no, is, I can, I'm equal opportunity. I can spread the hate. I still well, Luke, that. what did you think about Alex beating okay. DeLuca into a pulp, Meredith covering for it, and her sister getting upset about it, and all the drama from the Grey's premiere? Can, why can't the sister be and Arizona be the ones that are written off, first of all? Second of all... Uh, Arizona wasn't even in the episode, you I man! Know. I don't care, that I don't care. That was so but good! The sister, the sister is just annoying, still. I like her. Um, the, as for Meredith and Alex, to me, they are endgame, so my favorite moment was them across from the, the prison bars from each other, talking, it's and it was just like... mystery uh, between Meredith and Alex. Pardon? Where is there any sexual chemistry? But they're like brother and sister. No, they're not. That ain't blood. Nope. Ew, that would be like Cass and Felicia getting back together at the end of another one. No, 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 no. Don't slip that in here. Don't you dare slip that in this pot. We are not going to start another world's drinking game on pot. Just be best friends in the world without everybody. Not when when you have a cast like this where these are the two original characters that are left of that class. They have to 
screw. You can. I'm not saying that they have to screw because of it, but I think that over the past how many ever seasons we're on what season twelve now that they have proven that even when she was still married to so you... uh, McDreamy, that she and Alex had a connection. So because you and uh-huh. Rick are such good friends, that y'all gonna screw? I don't... <laughs> you don't have to screw. Your female best friend. They're best friends. They're- I'm not I- saying that because they're best friends, they have to. I'm saying that I see a connection between them, and I think that they should be end up together. And best friends, lovers, friends turn to lovers, so stop it. I, my thing is, Meredith does not, and you know, I like her sister, but I will say this, she is annoying me, This, even though, because of all the stuff Meredith has had to go through, now she's like, I done found me some new dick and I can't be with him because my sister has a crush on him. I'm like, this is not high school. You don't owe that girl nothing. He don't even like her. I would have told her right away. Look at here. And he told her, he told her, you know, when she wanted to cook up with him, he shot her down unbeknownst to him. He was like, urch, go you know, and she's like, uh, I'm like, she I'm like, look, girl, you already got a yeast infection from Fine De Luca. You can't have everybody. Now, <laughs> you know, what did she have last year? What did De Luca give her? Urinary tract infection is what it was. And I was like, you know, go out in there and wait for him. But if Meredith is on that, I will say that is overly soapy for you know, you know, it's like that. That's gonna be the oh, no, I can't be with the doctor that I like now because um, I do have some it's contrived. daytime-related tea, though. Y'all know uh, right. what's-his-name from The Young and the Restless. Um, Scott. Hi, I was told the reason he didn't come back is because it was so hard for him to do his takes and stuff. See? 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 So he, and last season, <laughs> allegedly. No. I said I was told that covers allegedly I have. Oh yeah. So no, but see, see, three last season we talked about this, and you were like, "Oh, Shonda Lambie doing plenty of takes, so that's why that boy good." Mm-hmm. Now look at you. Now look at you. So, now- uh- he turned. He they gave. They got a good performance out of him. But I heard. And now my, they can't you know, do I, it. It's like, why was he so in daytime? And, and, mm-hmm. and that's why it took a. You know, they had to. They had to pray a performance out of him. From what I heard. So anyway. said, uh-uh, bitch, I can't do it. You can't be the one that she recovers from McDreamy with. Um, but yeah. So Grace, let's talk about the other stories. Jillian, I know you were loving that devilish. <laughs> Catherine in the I was scared for that girl. I'm like, girl, you better get up and get, get your back. Debbie Allen still can do kicks and plies, bitch. Don't let the age fool you. She could still lift them legs. So I'm like, girl, I'm kind of scared if you try to come at Catherine. I loved it. I hate the name Harriet. When, when Catherine, when she was like, we gave her a strong name. Oh, you named the Catherine. I was like, oh, shit, she's See, and they deal with black, white politics in such a cute, humorous way without... She said, She's like Harriet, like Harriet Tubman. Tubman. And the girl was like, and Harriet the spy. (laughs) Damn it, I just looked at her like... I'm like, bitch, don't make me put you back in that bed for good. Oh, 
Oh, I hope fight. she and, and Jackson get nope, back. Nope, 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 nope. And this is where we separate. Although I worry no. that Gray's sister is going to rebound with him because they kind of had some moments. Yes, and I'm like, oh, he needs, yes. I love him and Kempta. They the only I actually want him back Stephanie because Stephanie is so woke. Like, oh, she be checking hoes. Oh, I love her. She Shut be, up. right, oh, I was going to say what about her man, but he died. He died. Yeah. Yeah, I did not Ooh, like. She that. had a sexy man. Will didn't yeah. Will Valderrama grow up to be fine? He was not fine to me on that '70s show. I didn't like how they killed him off. But you know, I don't know if her. She got a new show, ain't he on one right. of them NCI Chicago's? Right, but no, no, no. Her, well, fuck him. Her, she was supposed to be doing a show, I think, under the Shondaland umbrella. I don't I know. know. Yeah, it, it, didn't it? Get, it didn't get picked up. Okay, yeah. then we good with you, girl. We good with you. She ain't happy. Look, she wanted to be a star. She want her own. Look, she want to be like um, Ellen Pompeo and and Karen Washington. She want to be on a billboard. She like, damn, I got to be a. <laughs> I'm always a support, not a lead. Uh, anyway, Sarah, what did you think about Gray's other big stories for the week? Oh, I mean, I love Catherine, and I also would like to give a shout out to Debbie Allen for directing the outstanding oh, episode. So she oh. is just, she is multi-talented. She is a national treasure. If she decided to run for queen of the world, I would vote for her. Um, she, you know, she just fantastic work all around because there was so much tension in that episode. And like, I mean, I was like literally on the edge of my chair, like while I was watching it from both like the big stuff with Karev and me wondering if like Catherine was going to snatch that baby and like put like only, you know, only Avery on the birth certificate and, you know, change his name and stuff. I mean, it was, it was just a great, great episode. And even like, even though it was Sophie, you know, the stuff with like the Australian doctor, it had enough complexity to it that like, as like a C storyline, I was, I was buying it because it's like tenuous relationship between the sisters, Meredith's own like mixed emotions about moving on after Derek Shepard still, because that will always be the love of her life. And I mean, it was just, you know, it was good. And then, I mean, and then the way um, Maggie felt bad about what the way things ended with Deluca, given what had happened and that, you know, it just was all around solid human drama like it didn't have to you know it wasn't there weren't stunts you know it wasn't like oh my god there's a guy with a bomb in his stomach like there have been in some Grey's Anatomy's episode oh yeah Grey's yeah. used to be that hospital where it was like season and, premiere somebody was fit to get <laughs> boom and, and this was just pure character driven drama at its finest and people came for it. Like, you could yeah. see it was the highest rated show on Thursday night. Debbie still know? has it. She still has that magic because, That's you right. know, love me some Shonda. But when Shonda was running that show, her instinct was season premiere. Um, let's blow up a truck liner. <laughs> you know, or something, you know, Shonda always felt like. Or maybe that was the network. Who knows? But Shonda would definitely bring bring the show back with something crazy. So I really enjoyed it. Let's talk about how to get away with murder because they are now good people. Mel, what did you think about the premiere? And did the show live up to its really uh, boffo buzz mm-hmm. and and growth last year? Okay. 
So we always know with How to Get Away with Murder, it's a nonlinear story. So we always start at the end and then work our way to how we got there. And this season premiere was no exception. We see it, it opens. Someone is on a gurney. The blanket is on top of him. Uh-oh, somebody dead. All right, well, who is it this season? Well, we don't get to see who it is, but we see Viola Davis's reaction. Okay, it's bad. We don't know what's going on. So we go back through the story of this season, and it's everybody kind of trying to recover from what the craziness of last season with killing the court woman and the, the case from last season and Frank disappearing and all kinds of shit. So it's everybody trying to get back to basics and we're back in the classroom again in this season and they have taken Annalise's introduction to criminal law class away from her, but she managed to finesse getting another class where they're representing a case pro bono. So, you know, we have introduction. We still have our classic Keating Five, and there's a couple of other students sprinkled in, but it's mostly them. And it's everybody kind of trying to deal with exactly what happened um, from last season. And there's still little sprinkles of things not being okay. You know, Frank has gone missing. No one knows where he is, but Annalise kind of has a trace on him because we got to find out what happened there. We find out why uh, Wes's father had to die and um, how he was involved with Frank and they made Frank shave off all of his sexy and he was still good looking under there, but he was just so rugged and beautiful. That's not the point. So, you know, we eventually get back to the first scene of this season where you see, you know, uh, Annalise's house and you know the, the cops are all around she goes in the ambulance because in the background you see her house is now on fire and someone's dead and they said that this season we will find out every episode who is not dead so it's kind of process mm. of elimination now that show would stress me out trying to write that every year because I <laughs> good god I mean how do you keep up Sarah what did you think about the premiere I mean, I was into it. Like, I like I the structure it. worked for me. Um, and it was, you know, in the past, this, they have had some episodes that haven't, you know, where you've been like, wait, wait, let me get out like a chart in like some Excel spreadsheet so I can figure out what's going on. This was very clear. And it had some humorous moments like Asher gives it to his dad, you know, not his family's cut him off. He, for the first time in his life, has to get a job. And he's like at an RA in an undergrad dorm. And Michaela's like, I can't be hooking up with you with these children running around. And, you know, they had, so they, you know, I like them as a couple. And I like like the, like the little details, like, like, I like them acknowledging that, like, all of them are terrible students because of all the <laughs> stuff they've been doing all these years and that they're not pretending they were getting straight A's while this was all going on. And that, like, her and that Annalise's academic reputation is taking a dive because of all of this. And that, like, there's, like, posters of her on campus. Kind of like her. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was all um, some good stuff. And, you, you know, not entirely sure of everything that's going on and um that it just it worked for me like i'm i'm in it and i like that like like the things didn't always go the way you thought like when um connor and oliver you know talked about how oliver had denied you know had 
hidden the Stanford acceptance, which I'm still not, now that we know he's a terrible student, I'm not sure how that one happened, but um, got, you know, taken that from him. But do you think, wait, wait, do you think that the terrible student was a result of their actual grades or the fact that they were involved in a murder? Because I don't think that any of them are actually That's, terrible well, at their grades. I, I think it's like, straight up were like at the bottom 10% of their class. Yeah, well, I understand that they were at the 10% of your class, well, but Stanford I mean, when, you, when you're trying to cover up a murder. Yeah, but Stanford is in your essay, the Stanford, you ain't going to be able to say, well, my GPA is really bad because I'm helping well, the professor. But the, season, the, the semester hadn't ended. He had already submitted before the semester started. He, he, find, he finds out what his grade is for the semester where the murders take place. He, he would have good grades from the previous semester. Okay, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Mike is on the podcast. Go ahead, Sarah Babel. So, um, all of, you know, so like, you know, Connor's like, oh, you, you know, you love me. So like he took it, you know, and completely calm and was like, I love you. And then like Oliver was just totally like, no, no, we need to break up because, you know, because of this. And I'm okay with that. I'm going to tell y'all, I'm okay with that. As much as I like them, one thing I, I have an issue with with soap opera characters, gay soap opera characters, it seems like they want to domesticate them so yeah. fast. The straighties get to screw. Every, look, Olivia Pope be in love with one man, but she screws seven a season. But, you know, then they it's like, we got to hurry up and domesticate these gays and get them a house, a cat. Um, <laughs> and an interior decorating um, side business. So I missed Connor being a man whore. So I'm hoping we're gonna see him get back to booting and to in. Um, Luke, what did you think about the premiere? I thought it was really good. I, I echo uh, Sarah's comments. I love the fact that you we got to see that their grades had slipped. I, we I love the fact that we got to see that. Uh, Annalise's job wasn't as secure as um, everyone would think it is. I enjoyed the part where she went around to each of them and they had their individual scenes. I did think that it was interesting that she ended up like going back on her um, word to him regarding having her bo his boyfriend go to work with them. I'm not sure exactly what I think of the brown haired girl um, and her Laurel. plot with the, Laurel. Laurel with the lead character. Because in in my mind, I'm like, this just seems like uh, Annalise is the I, lead character. The rest. Of well, no, but I'm talking, the I'm talking about the students. I'm talking about the students. It just seemed to me like she wants that. His, Tony, his, but Wes is like, I'm moving on. Yeah, whatever. I guess I don't know, but that, but I enjoyed it. I th I mean, I was very, I'm very yes, much enjoyed the return. Not the most dynamic of the Keaton. No, boring. Like I'd rather putting the two most boring Keating fives together is like, I mean, Laurel was hot because of Frank and Wes, you know, Wes needs to be in love with some skeevy troubled girl, like in the first season, but the two of yeah. them together, it's like, boy, um, what did you think Jillian? And, and who do you, it's more, more pointedly, who do you think is under that white sheet? Uh, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't watch. Okay. So, I think it's Cicely Tyson. I think they finna pull a okie doke on us. I think Cicely God. Tyson showed good. up. And, good. And, good. Like, good. I was writing that. I would do some kind of sneak. Who do you think it is? And then it's biggest mama. Mama done showed up for a surprise visit and got yeah. got. That was one of my thoughts. It was, I thought it was of her or I thought of um, Sexy Nate. 
yeah. is like my two. And I don't oh, want no, him to go. No. But I was no. just thinking of like, I don't want that to happen, but I'm just thinking of like, put that out there. Well, Did you see him this episode? See, I think it's going to be Bonnie. I think it's going to be Bonnie. Here's my thing. So it's got to be Bonnie, Wes, her mama, or Nate. Because it's not Wes. If it's Laurel, she ain't going to react like that. She'd be no. like, uh, unless, unless, you know, it could be Laurel, unless I haven't seen it, you know. They keep talking about her father. Unless we see that play that out, good that, season what for? If the daddy that, comes for revenge, that, no. I mean, we keep hearing about this bad daddy. Like you know, we need to see why he bad, what he do, who he do. Like, like the, the only I'm the know. only cheating five ones that she would really react that way for are Wes and Connor. I think those are her hearts, you know, because... I think she'd do it for Bonnie. Well, Bonnie ain't a Keaton 5. The Keaton 5 are the students. Bonnie is... But I still, but I still think that it's going to be Bonnie. No, I, yeah, she would react that way because Bonnie's like her... I hope it's not um, um, the other dude. I hope it's not the woke white dude. Oh, shit. What's his name? Asha. Yes, I hope it's not him. He is so woke on Twitter. A friend of mine was laughing. He is so woke. And he's fine too, but a friend of mine talked about what it was. Do I even want to know? No, you don't need to know. It means progressive. Oh, you've been on this podcast for three black for 10 years, and you don't know what that is. This podcast has not been going for 10 years. Daytime Confidential has. A friend of mine, we were talking about how hot he is and how cool it is that he's like, Look, he be fighting for black causes more than we do. And I was, we were like laughing about it, like him and DeRay, because, you know, DeRay, DeRay is definitely the king of woke. And we were like, oh my God, could you imagine dating them though? You'd just be like laying in bed trying to get some. Baby, did you see this report in the Atlantic about <laughs> the uh, disenfranchised? You would just be like, can we just screw what? I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Lord. No, no, he's not. But I, we were just laughing about what it would be like. It would, we were basically talking about how it would be awesome at first, but then it would kind of be exhausting. Because it if you're like, if if they walk, if you're dating DeRay or someone like him or Jesse, well, Jesse's married, and, you, you know, they walk in and catch you just vegging out watching the Kardashians. Uh, do you know that there's a protest <laughs> down the street? Woke all the time, though. But I think they are. They stay woke. They wake up like. (laughs) (laughs) That is woke as white boy. Let me go find his Twitter. I bet you he ain't even tweeted about how to get away with murder. He is like, I am feminist. I am Black Lives Matter. He is on it, and I love that guy who plays. So you are the bomb. You are the bomb. Like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, we need to have woke babies together. He is so kind of woke. Like, as he is straight, but you know he is that guy when he's making out with a girl. I would really like to have sex with you. I want you to verbally give me your consent right this second. I'm like, take it! (laughs) But it's like, damn. If if she's like, I'd have to be the aggressor. I'm like, what did I just say? Because you are, I am so proud of your womanhood and fuck me! Um, yeah, yeah. I'd have to get hood up on there. I'd have to get real chill in that bedroom. She would have to slap him. I said, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, yes, we are horrible people. Um, <laughs> Whatever. 
Empire came back. We cannot close this without talking about Empire. But we got to be quick because we have been going a long time. I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to have to figure out how to streamline us. But we won't have this much to talk about next week because there won't be an Emmys. So, Empire is back. We found out which lion ain't roaring no more. Mel, did you pull one out for Rhonda? Mm, I drank it instead of pouring it because <laughs> she had to die. I mean, we let's be real about the situation. Why is it the white person always has to die? Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> when has that ever been the case in Hollywood? Said no one ever in Hollywood. Exactly. <laughs> the token white person on the show has to be killed off. Always on the white no one ever show. in Hollywood. Dead. No. So, okay. We knew she had to die because it's more story with Anika being pregnant no. with the next yeah. lion heir than it is with Rhonda babysitting poor Andre who has mental issues. So let's just be real. So shit got so real so fast on this old episode of Empire. It was so good. I mean, Rhonda goes over the building, lands on the car. It was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, Anika goes into labor. And you're like, oh, my God, what's going Great. on? And his design shoes. <laughs> yes. So Anika's in labor. Lucius thinks, oh, she's having the next heir to the Lion Empire throne, having a son. And the doctor pulls the baby out, and he goes, it's a girl. And his Lucius's face changed so fast. He was like, it's a what? This lion. Oh, her, oh she don't put her. She lied to Lucius, <laughs> and it's a girl. Oh, she mm. is in his process. Mm. So now they have to try and uh, keep all of the secrets away from Tariq the Freak, who works for the FBI, the police, or whoever. Because he's right FBI. on... <laughs> he's, he's right on that head. Oh, okay. okay. No, he left... The, you know what? Didn't he say he left the feds last year? No, he left ago. the police and I, uh, I don't know. Oh, he's... Okay. Yeah, well, he's still ahead. working for them, though, right? He worked for the man. That's all we know. He worked for the man. Okay. Well, anyways, they're trying to keep all the secrets away from him, but Tariq is, like, right on their heels. And uh, I love seeing the meeting of all the sisters with Cookie and Vivica, Vivica Fox character and what's her name, Tasha. She always play angry black woman. Carol. Yes. Huh. Yes. Cracky Carol. Cookie, Candace, so. and Carol. Yeah. That was good to see them, you know, come together, be sisters, but they're still shady. And they're like, you should give Tariq a chance. And he's just trying to help. And you need to turn on Lucia. And she's, she was like, look, Lucia go down. I go down, too. And I ain't going to jail again. So Cookie was too smart. She figured well, that our Mike from Daytime Confidential would lose his mind if he watched Empire. Because Not after half Mike. is being investigated by his half-brother. I know they would force any police officer or whatever he is federal agent to recuse himself or maybe not. I don't know. I, I yeah, don't they know would. But I, I, you know, but um, what did you think about the premiere, Jillian? The dinner scene. Oh, Ooh! let me oh, tell you, yeah. that dinner scene, baby, the, the premiere, I loved it. Like, I was, I know like what Mel said. We know that it has to be Rhonda that went to the upper room because drama is more with Anika. I was hoping that Rhonda Ended up not in the upper room, but maybe up in the upper ICU unit. So I was really rooting for that. But until she bounced on that car, I was like, bitch, I didn't know. That's a high rise. <laughs> I shit. I'm like, I didn't know you could bounce on the car. Rod the show that you can. That dinner scene when Tariq the Freak went around that table and read them for filth. I was like, ooh. When he said, and cooking, she was like, what about cooking? And when he was like, you the loser in this situation. 
I can't believe you just sitting here and you letting her, this uppity mulatto bitch take your... I was like, <gasps> that was like the blackest moment ever when he calls her a mulatto bitch. And when them boys jumped up, minus Hakeem pussy ass, when them <laughs> boys jumped up, when Dre, Dre already ain't got no sense when he ass <laughs> off him. And that boy's like, who are you talking to? Yo, I was like, that ain't somebody dinner table when they jumped up and was ready to buck for their mom. I'm like, go ahead. But Cookie's read was just so flawless. And when she was like, um, you wanted to go back? Like, she dismissed you without even having to, like, dismiss you. Empire came back, in my opinion, and they were not playing. Like, when Lucius grabbed Anika in that delivery room and was like, you better say that Rhonda slipped and fell and you don't, because she surprised your ass. You better say it, girl. Like, when he let her know, like, you better or I'm going to have you in this delivery room. Like, that was cool. And Lucius signing for that baby, that's cold as hell. But at the same time, Hakeem still has some growing up to do. I thought this baby would make him grow up, but you need to grow up now. It's not all about you now. You have an extra mouth to feed. Oh, him. I love when Cookie told him when he was like, what? Ain't no brooms in here. She's like, well, I'm through beating your ass. But when Cook Cookie, you know, Cookie is my G. I love oh, Cookie. But yeah. Cookie does need to learn. Look, she need to read some Dr. Spock. I'm, you know, look, got whoopings growing up. I'm not going to sit here and lie. But damn Cookie Violet. Like, Jamal is having a PTSD moment. She slapped the shit out of him. I'm like, dang, Cookie! <laughs> that is well, not you... always the answer. Okay, but I mean, to defend Cookie, Cookie's been in jail. So, you know, she's been in jail relatively young, so she don't know no better. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, she's, she's like, they, definitely they, still a hood. Well, while Sorry. we're talking about it, let's talk about the fact she's wearing sunglasses indoors. Um, so, Diddy does that. That is not proper etiquette. Okay, um, she's so really... Really... Oh, this really? ain't, all that now. This ain't Downton Abbey, but... Emily Post, chill out now. Like, there's nothing that says you can't wear them indoors. She's in a bright-ass nightclub, so... I, the lights were down. No, stop it. I didn't like, though, was, you know, because I love her outfits. That fur coat with them Teletubbies on it or whatever, them Beanie Babies, I didn't like that coat. I didn't... What was that? But, um... I love Lucius telling Cookie, like, he is still gonna fight for her, like when he's oh, like, just, uh, you know, ooh. I am too. But all the anvils went off on on Jamal. I'm like, this boy took a bullet for you, and you are still riding him harder than the other two. I'm just, ooh. I got what Lucius. I mean, I got him with that. Like, even though Jamal took a bullet for him, he wants to advocate for the bitch that almost took his daddy out. Like, I don't care what. I don't care. Lucius took her parking spot and she was mad. She tried to kill your daddy. You almost died. I was an advocate. Shit. They are so that crazy. Bitch. I was very happy the show came back. I will say this, and this is this goes back to the beginning of the show. My least favorite Empire element is the whole the feds and the cops trying to take the lions down. And the fact that we're once again there it, I annoys me because if you look at real life the feds ain't still trying to come for jay ever it's on record that jay-z sold dope to get in the game but the feds are not constantly coming after him and beyonce to me there is so much more in this world that could be explored like hey, let's just be real beyonce jay-z and 
Beckett with the good hair. There are so many more soapy elements to being billionaire hip hop moguls and mogulettes that I'm just like, do we have to have another no. season of the feds trying to take down? I the feel. Area? I think that's just that's to me that's just a storyline to bring them closer because when you look at it, they were at each other's throats. They were all like doing their own thing, but when they come together is when they're in a time of crisis. Right, but there have to be so, other ways to do that. But how many times can somebody get yeah, shot I, I, or killed every, or something? Well, yeah, so. they, but they keep on using the Fed. You know, the Feds wanted Cookie to take him down the first season. And then last season, it was the DA I, with the worst bra in Hollywood. Oh, my God. That ha- that well, She smothered herself. And but now I we got that, this one. And I'm like, okay, well, so I, next season, is it going to be a... Well, SC, the, an SEC guy coming in. Trying, it, well, you the know. first season, Cookie wasn't trying to take Lucius down. Well, she they wasn't, were, but they were telling her she had to. She did. Right. They were. They were. They, but that to me, I felt they were starting to build the case against Lucius. We needed to know why. Cookie I was really out. hoping once Lucius early. put that dead body in Da Bustier's car, that that was the end of the feds and everybody trying to take him down. It's like. Can we just get to the glitz and glamour of running an empire again? I I feel as though this. I think after this, that it, I don't think I don't know anything. I want the feds catching terrorists. You know why are you worried so much about a a rapper and his family? It's like who cares? I mean, I I would rather. I don't know. I just feel like. I want to watch the show about a musical dynasty. The cops and robbers stuff. You know, it was great in season one where oh, who killed Bunky and this one and that one. Now I'm just like, really? You know, this guy is just basically the that other woman. And, and the fact that he's the half-brother, it's like, okay, that's a little silly to me. Um, and thought- then you know, the other character that Exhibit plays is very similar, you know, except that he's not a, a fed. He's, you know, an angry producer who's like, you gonna let me produce this song for Hakeem? I'm like, what is, I don't really get it. I mean, I got his pair of them. You know, everybody else, they all came up together in the game. He helped Lucius cover up some stuff. Him and some other cats who Lucius came up in the game with. He helped them cover up some murders. They all were successful. No, I I got that. I mean, I get that that's what it is, but how many more big bads are out there? It was Frank Gathers is the big bad who coming so then we get that that was cookie's demon yeah but now we have these other cats and i don't know terrence for me is the weak link on the show i want to see more of cookie running the empire i want to see more i want jamal to actually get a love story this season i just hope that all of those character driven things happen and it's not just the lions against the feds again and um because that will get old for me. I've seen that done better on actual crime dramas and, you know, I'm like if he's Tariq the Freak, let's see him screw. I mean, you know, hopefully next week, though, because next week we're getting Tay Diggs as Cookie's new love interest, so, you know. And he seems like, even though he's a cookie, you know, no pun intended, but he's like a little punk, so to speak, on paper, you know, he's not a hoodlum like Lucius, he holds his own when Lucius tries to He's a politician. He's supposed to be Barack Obama, is what I've read. Yeah, like, yeah. Claire Huxtable, y'all, Felicia Rashad coming on. I'm like, look, those Allen sisters are like 
we are still in this in our 60s, y'all. And so, this actually shows that even if you sue someone, you can still work with them because they sued Terrence Howard when they did um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, did they? Oh, what's that? Back, they had an all-black production that was on Broadway on uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and Terrence wasn't... Well, you'll have to Google it, but Terrence wasn't living up to his contract, and uh, they sued each other, and now they're working with each other, so that's you, cool. So, you know, every, Terrence then had beef with everybody in Hollywood, but I cannot wait to see Felicia Rashad, because she's supposed to be playing this, you know, political matriarch who wants her son in the White House, and of course she's not going to want him. You can't, look, Donald Trump might get Melania in the White House, but you can't have a first lady who did 17 years in the pen. No. <laughs> Sarah, what did you think about Empire? Did I ask you already? I mean, I, I was into it. It was it was good. It was fast-paced. I do agree with you to a degree about the um, feds versus the family. Because to me, my favorite thing it was the squabble between the brothers of who's going to get control of the company. And I think they resolved that too quickly, frankly. Like, that is something that should have been, like, a four-year story arc. But, um, but you know, I was, I was into it. Um, I like... The, the um the half you know the fed half brother as a character even though yeah it's far-fetched on the other hand he can get into the house and no one else could so you know and i love that dinner scene but um and i would hope that they do come up with more for andre to do than to be crazy because the actor is so wonderful oh he's gonna avenge ronda's ass best believe I mean, I know she's and her coming back as a ghost was the, the very true to the show's many Shakespearean illusions. Shakespeare, yeah. So for all people think, oh, it's a lowbrow show, it references Shakespeare more than any other yeah. show on television. So when your highbrow ghosts are, are recall Shakespeare, if you're a daytime soap, it's oh my lord, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, yep, they're doing Shakespeare with this boy. Or this man, you know, it, it's going to be, yeah. And I hated to see Rhonda go too, because I really thought she would be like a I Sammy to Joe. Know more about her, yeah. Yeah, I thought she would be a Sammy Joe Carrington for that show, or Sydney from Melrose Place. And but it, you know, when they, you know, it, one thing that I always find so fascinating, because if you study serialized drama writing, you're always like, well, I, at least. Luke is not like this. We differ on this, and it's so funny. We both study different things, but I'll be doing this. I need to study the trajectory of who shot JR to find out how they managed to. And then you read it, and it's like the writers are like, well, there was a writer's strike. And, you know, we were going to be off for a while and we didn't, you know, the network were like, can you do a couple of more episodes? And we didn't know what to do. And we said, well, why don't we just shoot the bastard? And then you go, wait a minute. I'm sitting here thinking that who shot JR was this intricately planned, you know, and then it's like, they just basically said, why don't you shoot the guy? And I'm like, I'll be damned. And then it's like with Empire, um, I read one of the interviews and they were like, well, yeah, we didn't know who was going to die. We were like, well, we know we're going to throw them both off. And, <laughs> and I'm like, so really these writers who you think, oh well, God, Lee didn't both. want them both killed. Like Lee and Danny, according to Eileen Chaikin, Lee and Danny were like, you can't kill them both off. Like, you can't kill, like, they didn't want either of them killed. And Eileen yeah. was like, you're going to have to kill one of them, boys. And you know, that's what they, somebody said. Well, let's make a ghost. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Oh, well, that'll, you know, they could do that. I think you can do that kind of gimmick at least one season. So you can definitely have a season of her uh-uh, haunting yeah, him. Yeah, and I hope But after God, that, she just got to go. I hope Lee Daniels ain't watching One Life. Uh, not One Life. I'm like, how he gonna watch that? I hope he ain't watching Y&R and he sees Ghost, Ghost John and it's like, see? Uh-uh. We no. just bring her all the time. But... Now that's a show that could pull off ghost sex and make it funny, cause I could see him see that boy. Look, Jamal coming there, he hunching the covers. What you doing, bro? Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Luke, what did you think of Empire's premiere? Well, I wasn't as enthused as it as you guys were. I thought it was an episode of two thirds. The first two thirds I found was either boring or cliche, and it wasn't until the family dinner and everything after it that I actually found things to be emotionally or character character wise compelling up until the dinner i was like seriously or come on this is moving slow get to the dinner everybody comes together you get to see the brothers back in action you get to see cookie back in action i thought that it seemed a little bit that like through the entire episode it seemed like okay Rhonda just died and almost nobody is acknowledging it through the course of this episode. My favorite moment after the dinner was the f- when we got onto the stage and the fact that he um, Jamal tried to perform and couldn't. I thought that those were really impactful scenes. Um, but I just wasn't that enthused with the first two thirds of the episode. They did acknowledge LaRonda's death. If you mean not have a funeral now. Well, no, but I'm just saying like you would think that you would think that for someone whose family member or daughter-in-law or sister-in-law has just died, there's hardly any mention of it. It's acknowledged, but in a premiere, a season premiere episode, you would think that a death of a major character would have more of a through line. And it was basically, oh, we acknowledge it at the beginning and then at the very end we get to see her ghost. No, that wasn't the case because Cookie actually said to Lucius... Your son just lost his wife. She went off on him because Lucius, in true Lucius form, was basically like, "Where is Andre?" And and, and I understand that, him. but I'm just I'm just saying that f- from my perspective, for a, like if I was exp- if Jamal had been killed or if uh, Rhonda wasn't uh, as core as Jamal. Well, no, I understand, but still, she never she's liked the- her. So. I, I I understand that, but you would still think that from a purely storytelling standpoint, her death would have more of an impact on the episode. I I would hope, you know, here's the thing about, about no, she's not recurring. She was a lead character. I mean, she was a ca- contract player, but, but not- she wasn't a lead. She wasn't, I mean, the leads were... Cookie Lucian, but if but you don't think that if in killing those characters, if you're going to ki- kill off a contract character, you don't think you're going to try and milk it for what well, it's yeah, worth. I think Andre. I actually think that part that they did do well. I mean, and you're saying we, we guys liked it. I I just did a whole piece about I didn't like the cop story, so I wasn't that enthused about the premiere either. But it was for different reasons. I didn't. I mean. Yeah, that show moves really fast. If it was a primetime soap 20 years ago, there would have been four episodes about Rhonda. You're right. I mean, it would. Well, I'm not, I'm not even needing four but, episodes. I just expected it to have they, a heavier they, emphasis they, in the first. They move time a little bit faster. Now, for me. There is more impact on how to get away with murder when someone dies than there well, is on Empire. And and how to get I away with murder it, it jumps around way impact. more than Empire. I think it had a huge impact on the character that it's supposed to have. I mean, the only person who truly loved Rhonda was Andre. I mean, the rest of them are but sad for think- him, but it's not like she was 
a beloved sister-in-law like they were the Ewings and she was pale. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really remember many scenes with Jamal or, uh, I can't even think of his yeah, name all of a sudden. Were, uh, comforting. Hakeem they comforted their brother. They, they yeah, they, I, I just, Jamal. I just, I just yeah, found, I just, Jamal. I just found that like on a series that, like, that Sarah that mentioned, white girl did. No, it's not that, but it's like in a series where the part, the original hook and the premise of the show was these three brothers who are vying for the throne. There have been times on the show where you have these, the, them put their vying aside and they come together and they have these really great moments. And so I didn't get that when one of their brothers wife has just been killed and to me it just fell short ah, okay well cookie asked jamal how's your brother he's like he's staying with me jamal is the one who found him in there talking to the ghost i felt like they played those beats but yeah. um we will table that want, until next we week want a home going service for that girl i mean yeah she wasn't gonna That's get a want. you know patty labelle guest stars you know, <laughs> to sing. No, they're not doing that for her. You are my sister, my strength, oh, and my bride. You know, but <laughs> but I liked Rhonda too, so pour out one for the homie. No, until makes some good liquor. So no. Until next time, y'all. Keep it popping. Deuces. So long. Bye, y'all. Yeah, bye.